This is a landmark day for me today. I'm sitting here with an advanced copy of my book, which is due for publication shortly. And uh, yeah, it's been a labour of love. It's been 20 years in the making and a very intensive last 12 months. It is really my story from the inside out, um, a bit of a kaleidoscope of insights and epiphanies and practical spirituality, which came about from a quest to take control of my world, to take control of my mind, my body and my emotions in a crazy life of perpetual motion and constant challenge and change. So it's an eclectic mix of me and my survival strategies for life, which I've rolled into a guide to personal growth, really. Um, And I've narrated it through diary entries and blogs and podcast transcripts and articles and talks and even poems. And all of this led me to the inescapable conclusion that the ultimate relationship is the one with yourself. So I wanted to record an extract for you. But what to choose? Because there's such a lot of variety in the book. For instance, in a section called Biz Chat, I talk about my experience in London and my insights on business life, including subjects such as truth in business, standing out from the crowd, being the best you can be, and does success equal happiness? Then there are blogs from my rewilding phase, including a question of survival, timing is everything, what my animals have told me, counting my blessings, and silencing fear, and podcasts which I transcribed for the book on slightly more esoteric subjects, such as the power of thought, training your instinct, what is spirituality, and talking to your food. But in the end, I decided to just start at the beginning and read you the first few pages of a section called Mind of a Mentor, which was a journal I kept during a very intensive phase of my life some 20 years ago. This is a blog that was written before the word blog was invented, in 2001, at a time when writing a journal about your life was still called a diary, when email was in its infancy and social media wasn't even a twinkle in anyone's eye. The internet was basic, Few businesses had websites, and mobile phones were still for speaking and texting only. I wrote the diary for fun for a few months after moving out of London. I was metamorphosing into another version of me in the lead-up to selling my business, and was toying with the idea of writing a book based on a diary. But in reality, life was still too busy for this to happen. Preamble I seem to have acquired another job title to add to my list, Mentor. It's a new direction for me, and it's a new field, in its infancy. Not yet a buzzword, but it will be. The idea of mentoring isn't new. It's been around since time began, provided by friends, parents, teachers, siblings, colleagues, etc. Let's face it, getting advice from the people around you is an accepted part of life. In an age of the personal trainer, for fitness, image, diet, or anything else you care to imagine... Some business and professional people are starting to recognise that objective advice about their life and career is a valuable, if not essential, support mechanism, and, in some cases, its survival. It's also not surprising, given growing work pressures and the increasing pace of life, that more people are also asking the question, what is it all about anyway? As it happens, mentoring isn't new for me either. I've done it for as long as I can remember. I seem to draw people to me who need advice and guidance, and the truth is I enjoy it. There is little more pleasurable, except perhaps sex, 
than being able to put your finger on the button for someone and reduce their mountain into a molehill, shatter the illusion of catastrophe and see the person catapult forward in consciousness. It has the wow factor. My theme for the moment, which came out of a poem I wrote for the co-directors of my business, is We practice what we preach, we learn what we teach. This seems so true. I mentor myself with the help of a few close friends and the odd book and always seem to be learning what I'm teaching. I'm inspired to impart what is current in my experience because that's what I can access most easily and feel most passionate about. Who I am, how I am, how my life is and what more I can be are at the heart of everything I am and do. This is my personal quest, my search for truth, my search for happiness. This is the very centre of my life and what I try to offer others. Even when I was a student, I knew my mission was to be a teacher and inspirer in the real life, not classroom sense. And for many years, I felt I was betraying this by being in the financial sector. I wasn't, of course. I've been teaching all along, empowering women clients through providing them with an understanding of financial planning, as well as mentoring those I work with and others in the profession. So, what lurks in the mind of a mentor? Come this way and you will see. 2nd of May Looking through cracks in the shrubbery at the end of my garden, I get glimpses of a vast sunset adorning my property, 900 feet up a mountain. Uninterrupted views, however, have always been available from the other side of the fence, i.e. from the stable yard. Yes, the horses have the best seats in the house. Funny, I actually planned the stable yard for them to have magnificent views, because to a horse, a view is like a cinema screen. They see and sense so much more than we do, and it keeps them happy. Very, very happy. I recently took some photos of the sunset between the gaps in the shrubbery. Studying these, I got the idea of lopping some branches off to make an arch and frame the view. By the time I saw my gardener, I'd imagined the results from every upstairs room, minus the house of many windows, and the plan had extended itself to taking down two whole trees. Well, the result was breathtaking, absolutely breathtaking. The view is awesome, riveting, totally inspiring and has completely changed the way I feel about my home. I'm really falling in love with it after nearly four years. Now, instead of thinking I may move in a couple of years, I'm thinking about staying here longer and what else I will do with the place. This was a highly symbolic act. The view had always been there. I just couldn't see it from the house and had accepted the inconvenience. In a way, unveiling the view has allowed me to see several other wonderful opportunities in my life, which have always been there, but were invisible. We have all the answers if we can only find them. One of my guiding beliefs is that we're capable, to a large extent, of determining what we experience in our lives, and if we don't exercise this power and practice the art of using it, then we mostly end up being a victim of seemingly random events, unless by chance the coin flips in our favour. Where we're focused at any time is our point of attraction, because like attracts like. The beauty is that we can change what we get by altering our focus and thus our point of attraction, so we can create solutions. Solutions and problems are two sides of the same coin, like taking exams while knowing the answers already exist. I had dinner tonight with a friend, and he told me about various people who, over the years, had caused him grief. He had also recently lost several family members and a few friends, which always focuses the thinking. And in his case, 
the experience had started him on a Buddhist quest. So the prominent thought in his mind was, you have had countless lives before, which means that everyone is your kind mother. Unsure that everyone around him had indeed been his kind mother, he nonetheless started to look for a glimmer of kindness in people, especially those who frustrated him. To his astonishment, he not only found it, but realised it had always been there. He was just seeing it for the first time. His attention to the negative aspects of his relationships in the past had masked this truth. 12th of May Now that I have my view... I'm frustrated to find I'm drawn to an irritant at the bottom of the vista instead of the magnificent cinematic horizon at the top. You see, the bottom edge has a line of Leylandi trees which were planted in anger by my neighbours, with whom I have no communication. Unfortunately, they will, in time, and quite soon, obliterate my view. I live in the middle of nowhere, and yet I have a neighbour on each side, which is a bit of a contradiction in terms, and a bit of a bummer. However... I remember the law of attraction. My focus is my point of attraction. It goes something like this. I get more of what I'm focused on, whether I want it or not. As far as the universe is concerned, the universe in this instance being an invisible co-conspirator which responds to the vibe you set on any subject, then if I'm focused on something negative, I'll get more of it, and the more negative the focus, the quicker I'll get it. No thanks. That's not for me. I'm absolutely fascinated with how to create things in my life, though I've not done a brilliant job historically, as life has been a bit haphazard. I'm making better strides now, though, now that I understand the basic principles. About the neighbours. I'll take you back a little, because I can demonstrate what I'm talking about here. We've had various run-ins, and I won't bore you with the details, but suffice to say they involve the police, the local council, other neighbours, and a great deal of harassment. It got out of hand and very upsetting for a while. Although it's now resolved in that verbal communication has ceased, despite efforts of reconciliation on my part, such as Christmas cards, polite waves when they slowed down in their car for me when I was out riding, etc., it reached heights of silliness when I found myself thinking I was being watched whenever I was outside. Of course I wasn't. I was also focused on them when I was driving down the lane to my house and could see their property next to mine, which gave me palpitations. Basically, I was far too aware of their presence for too much of the time. I was even contemplating moving. Law of attraction at its worst. The result of escalating negativity and fear. Thankfully, I realised that moving wasn't the answer. Instead, I decided there must be an opportunity to learn something, probably about me. So I needed an action plan. Step one. Imagine said couple walking past my house, which they did several times a day, in clown outfits with big ginger hair, floppy shoes, flower in hats and large red noses. Definitely not so scary. Possibly a little funny. Step two. Repeat step one often. Step three, remember that extreme behaviours, particularly aggressive ones, usually mask hurt and insecurity. I've seen it before. A bit more tricky when it's on your doorstep, though. Step four, imagine said people feeling better about themselves, happy, smiling and pleased with life. Hold on to that thought every time I see them. Something did happen, and as a result, things changed. I'm not so aware of their presence, and sometimes I don't even notice if they're in or out or away for a few days. Best of all, I've stopped getting a panic attack every time I see them. 
the practical issues which caused the conflict in the first place have also subsided. Definitely an example of the inner game of tennis. Play stops if you don't hit the ball back. Energetically, by neutralising my emotional response to the triggers, there was no energy to be picked up by the other party. Powerful stuff. In fact, I can't even access the negative thoughts I used to have about them anymore. Back to the Leylandais. Anything is possible, even miracles. So if I don't focus on the trees and focus only on the exceptional view and enjoying it, the universe will conspire to deliver it to me. Maybe, said Leylandais, will suffer a case of spontaneous stunting. Anyway, I know it'll be okay. A few days later, my weekend horse helper asked me if I was aware said neighbours had been overheard in the pub talking about moving abroad. Mustn't get too excited, but yee-haw! My continuing focus will be on happy relations with my neighbours, whoever they are. I am the creator of my reality. Later that evening, I walked into the kitchen at precisely the moment the lamp clicked on. It's on a timer switch. I love that. It happens a lot, and I take it as a sign of the synchronicity of things.